I want to start off by talking about everything that you need to know about the wings of the Enneagram. Um, so there are a total of 18 wings, um, two wings for each of the nine types. Um, and what are wings? Wings are the subdominant type of each of which you exhibit traits um, of, again, everyone has traits of all nine Enneagram types, um, but we all have a core type. For me, my core type is type eight. Uh, and uh, with that, the wings of your core type complement your core type. It, it can add important or it can add contradictory um, elements to your personality. Uh, like I said, for me, for example, I'm an eight. My wing type can either be a seven or a nine. And, and depending on which theory you support, and I'll talk more about the different um, wing theories that there are later on in this episode. But for right now, I just want to focus on the basic understanding of wings. And so uh, to do this, I want to aid, I want to use the aid of this uh, analogy that I found when I was reading a blog post entitled, All Your Questions About Enneagram Wings Answered. Um, this post was written by Julianne Isler. Um, and in my opinion, um, this is probably the best and easiest way to explain wings okay and no not chicken wings oh even though i, I do like some chicken wings uh fried chicken uh, uh, uh oh, i'm starting to get hungry just thinking about chicken <laughs> but i don't know if how how this is gonna work it's talking about wings and for three episodes but um anyway here's the analogy the analogy is this think of a community of nine different houses you spend most of your time inside your own house which is your foundation you understand its basic structure, its inner workings, what the best parts are, and also where any baggage may be stored away. You then make friends with neighbors and start spending time at their house. Um, there you pick up traits and qualities that they possess, which depending on the person can range from being heavily influencing to minimally influencing. But the next time you face a challenge or have to make a big decision, you may resort to pulling from your neighbor's toolbox to help you cope, whether it's positively, positive, positively or negatively. Um, and I just really love that analogy because it's so true. And how, so let me break it down for you. So, like I said, from for an eight, that's my found. That's my house. But I can spend time in the house of a seven and next time I come with a challenge, I might pick toolbox from their toolbox. But with that being said, there are two important things that you need to know about wings. Um, and the biggest is this, while your core type never changes, eight, that never changes. Your seven core type, that never changes. Your one, that never changes. While, while that can change, the while that never changes, excuse me, while that never changes, your um, wings can change depending on your season of life, on the season of health you're in. Um, so for me right now, and which is 90% of the time, I'm, I'm always a wing seven. There have been small moments that I can see myself um, where I was a wing nine, um, but for the most part, I'm head on wing seven. Um, so again, it'll make more sense than how that happens when I explain the theories a little bit. But the second thing I want you to note is that 
while you pick up aspects of your wing that impact your personality, um, that never takes you away from your core type. So you cannot be just your wing. You have to be, okay, an eight and a wing, or you can't just be, all right, I'm a wing seven. All right. Um, you, you can't be just an eight, which will not fully enforce the um, great qualities of the Enneagram because you won't really understand yourself fully. So it really, it's only just, just going by your core type only, only allows you to see only part of the um, understanding that the Enneagram has through knowing your type and your wing. So um, it's possible to go only by your type, core type, and which many people, some people do, but I highly encourage you that you really um, know your wing too, and whichever when it might be in this point in your life, um, because that will help you understand more. All right, I'm an eight who is very, you know, this, but since I have wing seven personality traits, I like to stay curious in nature, which that has happened a lot. Um, there was one time um, I was, I, th I think I told the story before on this on this podcast, but there was, there was one time I was um, location scouting for an event I was hosting and it, this was at a park and I've been to this park many times, but I never actually walked the trail of, of the park. And so it turns out there are parts of this trail that I never discovered. And um, turns out that day, without any preparation, without any stretching, I walked a total of six miles <laughs> to and from my car. Uh, let's just say after that six miles with no stretching, uh, I was sore for about <laughs> two days. And, even now, sometimes I can still feel the soreness of that six-mile walk in my booty cheeks every now and then. It's like, oh, gosh, never do that again. <laughs> but anyway, like that's just – I say all that to say you cannot have a wing type without having a core type. Um, and before I explain how you can find your wing, I, I want to talk about let, – let's talk about the theories. And so there are two major theories. The first theory is that while your two wings are subdominant to your core type, you have a dominant wing depending on your level of health. This is the um, theory that most people support. This is the theory that I support. Um, so th this is the most accepted theory. Uh, and this is why you hear people say uh, they're an eight wing seven or a two wing one or a five wing six. Uh, and for the person who says they're a five wing six, their forewing might become more dominant in a couple years. I wouldn't say years, but it might become, they might become a five-wing four in a month or so down the road just because that's the level of health they are. That That's the season of life they're in uh, where they're taking on more qualities of adapting and coping from the toolbox of a, having a wing four rather than having a wing six. But then they can switch back to that wing six uh, if needed because your core type is who you are, is, you know, your main personality, but your wings are how you are, like I said, tools and ways to help you cope with different life situations uh, in addition to your core type. And uh, so wings can change, um, especially by this theory. But um, the second wing theory is, which is the lesser accepted theory is that we don't have a dominant wing and that we're always operating in a 50% of each wing. So for this theory, someone who believes this theory, um, if I believed in this um, theory, um, it would be, okay, so my core type is an eight. I can have either a seven or a nine wing. Well, I have both of them and I'm always operating 
seven wing and 50% nine wing um, along with my core type eight. And so, like I said, that second theory is the lesser um, um, accepted theory, but uh, it is possible and it is a theory out there that some people accept. Um, I, I, I tend to, I, I like the first theory more because it, it really shows how um, dynamic life is and how one moment you can really be just drawing information and tools and resources from one side of life. But in another season of life, you might not need those tools. So you go to a different side of life. Um, so how do you find your uh, wing type? So if you took the an Enneagram test, which I highly rec recommend, um, the um, truity.com test, it is probably one of the most accurate ones that I have found uh, uh, that's free. Um, so it, your wing will be the highest percentage of the two numbers directly by your core. Again, I'm a type eight, and this is this is how I found out. Um, so type eight, I can either have a seven or a nine wing, because those, those are two numbers directly beside an eight. Okay, which one has the highest percentage? For me, when I took the test, it was a seven. Like I said, at that time, it was a seven and I mainly reside in a seven lot, but I have noticed moments in life where I became a nine wing, whether it's for a couple of weeks or a month or so, because um, it's possible for that wing to change. But typically the higher percentage wing is the wing that you reside in most of your life. So it's the most dominant wing, and uh, which goes along with that theory of we have one dominant, we have one subdominant sub wing, um, but it kind of flip flops throughout life. Um, but I took that test in 2020, and it, like I said, since then, I have noticed only moments where I've become a nine-wing, and not really where, uh, all right, me being eight-wing nine has really been the force of life uh, for, like I said, 90% since taking the test and, and getting to the Enneagram. I, I've really just seen more eight-wing seven qualities than I have eight wing nine qualities in myself so it's really more of a uh depending where you are in your wing it's really again a seasonal life thing it's a health level thing of the enneagram and it's a observational thing where do you see yourself how are you dealing with life's demands or are you becoming a piece for me or am i be in difficult situations or am i not taking sides because i just don't feel like i so it really just depends um, on you, each individual, case by case, seasons of, seasons of life and health levels, according to the Enneagram. And so, uh, again, I always, so, like I said, there are some very reliable tests out there, but I will always recommend that you have someone who um, is very fluent in the Enneagram really help you understand the Enneagram more because while tests are right, um, the Enneagram operates on your core motivations. And so you can't always get the true picture of understanding your core motivations through a test. Um, so that's why it's important to have someone else kind of type you per se. Um, not only because of that, but also if someone else types you, well, then you don't have self-bias in there. So you're not saying, oh, I really don't like that quality about myself. So I'm going to leave that quality out and say, oh, I'm not that type. Or I really like this quality about myself more than I like this quality. So I, I want to go with this type because it fits me more. You, you just eliminate the self-bias that you can have if you just type yourself without taking a test or having someone, having a 
secondary source person typey per se. So assess you. Um, so, but yeah, that, that's kind of the basics of the um, Enneagram wings, how to find it. Um, two of the most accepted theories of the Enneagram wings. Um, so yeah. Now I want to talk about um, the gut triad wing combinations. Again, you, in the gut triad, you have types eight, nine, and one. Um, and the wing is the first number is either number on um, each side of the core type. Uh, eights can be seven or nine. Nines can be eight or one. Um, and ones can either be a nine or or two wing. Um, so let's talk specifically about the wing combinations of the gut track. Let's start with eight wing sevens. Eight wing sevens are known as the maverick. They are headstrong and they are very confident. Uh, they are self-starters who really just work hard and play hard. They have a fearless attitude. And oh my gosh, can I attest to that? I mean, besides jumping off a cliff, I know no fear, honestly, and snakes. Okay, so so as long as I stay within some boundaries of fear, <laughs> as an eight wing segment myself, I, 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 I'm fearless attitude. Like, there, there are driving situations, just driving on the road every day, you know, almost getting wrecks. And, you know, I'm like, calm down to everybody who's driving. It's like, I got this. I'm a good driver. I remember so so finally when I took my road test for to get my driver's license when I was younger, um, the instructor was freaking out because as I was taking as I was making a right hand turn, there was this kid on a tricycle in the middle of the road, and she was just so freaking out. I was like, "Calm down, I got this. I see the kid. He's going to be all right. We're going to be all right." It's like, gosh, <laughs> a fearless attitude. Like, oh my gosh, the. Typical teenager in a road test probably be like, oh my gosh, there's a kid in the road on a tricycle. And I'm not doing hit. I don't want to hit him because I don't want to the test. It, it, it's like, but for me, I was just like, all right, I got this. Let's go. Proceeded. The kids ended up safe. Safe. We were safe. No damage to either the car or the kid. Now the same car that I took the test in did get damaged in later, but it was a whole different situation, and it was about seven, eight years down the road because it was last year. But anyway, it's funny how you can avoid one situation to damage your car, but then another situation happens that brings damage. It's just, it's funny because the damage that it has is, that's in it now it is kind of a start of a story, um, which you'll be able to hear because I am releasing a book in the near future. I don't know when. I haven't started writing the book, but the book will entail why the card got damaged and what what that damage started but anyway back to the ingram um where was that uh common career paths for the maverick or eight wing seven include entrepreneur politician and lawyer and lawyer all right so eight wing nines now eight wing nines are known as the bear um they are servant leaders who keep the interest of others mind and they preserve harmony and gently encourage them to take action common career paths for the bear is or include activist professor counselor and judge all right so that that's the wing combinations for type eight um now on to type nine nine wing eights are 
known as the referee. They are independent yet calm vagabonds who are on a mission. But this mission is um, a quiet one. It's, you won't really know it. It's kind of like a, a self-discovery mission. Nobody knows about it, but they're, they're on a mission to discover what makes society a kinder and more accepting place. Um, common careers for nine wing eights are um, counselor, writer, editor, diplomat, and social worker. Um, but their counterpart, nine wing sevens, who are known as the dreamer, are dreamers are just collected and pragmatic savers of who value cooperation and justice along with the feeling of being connected to others in the community. So there's this deep reliance on connection here. Um, you will see dreamers and careers. Again, these aren't exact careers, but these are common careers um, for these types. You will see the dreamers in careers such as nursing, veterinary, religious workers, human resource managers, because, I mean, where else do you get a sense of community? And so it's just great that they're really living out um, their personality in these careers. But now for the last combination of the gut triad, type ones. One wing nines are known as the idealists. They are practical, they are meticulous, perfectionists with a knack for catching inconsistencies with other people's reasonings and judging judgment. Um, common career paths for the idealist include psychology, social work, journalism, and politics. Uh, and the counterpart, wing, type one wing two, the, known as the advocate, um, the advocate is someone who is socially aware of active, act, activists, who are socially aware activists and advocates who work tirelessly behind the scenes to uphold high safety standards for others. Um, again, common career paths for this type, um, for this wing combination, one wing two, uh, include medicine, law, religion, and social justice. And it's just, it is neat to see, all right, here's what this combination is. And here's common career password. And you just can kind of see how, yeah, they work so well together. Um, all right. I, and now that we know the um, combinations for the gut triad, I want to challenge you to do two things. First thing is this. Notice the positive qualities of your wing and find ways that are unique to you as an individual to amplify those positive qualities. All right, so that's the first thing. Notice positive qualities, amplify them. Second thing I want to challenge you to do is take note of both the positive and the negative qualities and learn how they affect your engagement with engagement with other people. How are your positive qualities affecting how you engage with a stranger? How are your negative qualities affecting how you engage with um, your best friend? You know, just take note of those and see how those qualities of your wing are affecting that. How how is this combination of your core type and your wing affecting how you interact. So again, two things I want to challenge you to do now that you know the gut triad wing combinations is that you notice your positive qualities of your wing and find ways that are unique to you to amplify those positive qualities. And the second thing is this, uh, take note of your positive and negative qualities of your wing combination and understand how that's affecting 
your relationship with other people, your engagement with other people. I'm so glad that you have chosen to come along with me in another season of restoration. Season one was so great. And I think that in the second season, uh, it's important to focus on relationships. And so I also want to challenge you in the second season that you'll be intentional about showing love to your significant other, family, and friends. It's official. Enneagram Restore Podcast is now on Instagram. Go give us a follow at Enneagram Restored. So that's pretty much all there is to um, the gut triad wings that I want to talk about in this episode. But before we call it a quits today, I, I want to take a brief moment to introduce the five love languages. Um, all right. If you have not heard the five love languages, um, they are words of affirmation, quality time, receiving gifts, acts of service, and physical touch. And I'll talk more in depth about the five love languages in later episodes. And the reason why I want to introduce this is because it will go hand in hand with the Reconnected Relationship Series. We talk a lot about the Enneagram types and, their, and love languages in, in that season. So before you get to that, I really highly encourage you to purchase a copy of Gary Chapman's book, The Five Love Languages, The Secret to Love That Lasts. It's a great book, and I highly encourage you to read it before you engage in this Reconnected Relationship series because you'll better understand what I'm talking about when I say, all right, each Enneagram type and their love language and how this, how it just shapes together, how, how it pulls together, how, how um, oh gosh, how, how it, um, yeah, cooks, cooks together. Oh, gosh, that's a good one. I like that. Uh, so... Again, the Reconnect series uh, will start with episode five. Um, like I said, there will be a lot of discussion about the Enneagram types and love languages. So if you read Gary Chapman's book, The Five Love Languages, it will help you to understand that series better um, and just really give you more substance from the Reconnect series. So I highly encourage you to do that. Well, like I said, that's all that I have to cover on, on the gut triad wings for now. Um, but again, thank you for listening. Don't miss next week's episode because we cover the same information, but for the heart triad for types two, three, and four. All right. And remember that the Enneagram doesn't define you, but it does bring restoration. It helps reshape your thinking and habits.